Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 225. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Hey, oh, Fire Nation. LegalZoom is the go-to provider of affordable legal protection. Just ask one of the three dozen companies on the Inc. 500 list. Go to LegalZoom.com to find the service that's right for you. Enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout. I'm also going to take a moment and mention my good friend, Jared Easley. Jared has a brand new podcast. I was fortunate to be interviewed on his show. Fire Nation, support a fellow member of the family by checking out the interview at starvethedoubts.com slash zero seven. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Jay Maletsky. Jay, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely, John. All right. Jay is the founder and CEO of My Pod Studios, a fast-growing online video destination site. My Pod Studios focuses on building the best, most watchable video network on the web. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Jay, but take a minute. Tell us about yourself. We want to get to know you personally, and then tell us about your business. I've been an entrepreneur since I graduated from college, but uh, I don't want to say how many years ago it was. It makes me feel old now. Um, <laughs> me too. But it was, um, it was, it was a while ago. Um, you know, I've always been on the marketing side of, um, of life. I've, uh, I had a, an agency um, before this. I had an agency that was uh, doing marketing and advertising for some, some fairly large brands. Uh, I jumped ship because it was, everything was moving towards social media marketing, which I found insanely dull, and I just can't do insanely dull as a lifetime. So I got onto the publishing side, the media side, and uh, MyPod Studios has been like rocking it. We've been having a great time with it here, um, seeing growth in all sorts of different areas, and I've been I've been having a blast not being on the agency side of marketing, but being more on the publishing side. That's a trend that after interviewing 225 entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs hate being bored. I love that. My wife hates that about me. Actually, is that I can't be bored. She <laughs> she doesn't understand why we can't sleep in past eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday. I I, I want to go and do things. If I'm sitting around too much. Uh, that's, that's stressful for me. My, uh, people don't understand why, uh, if I go to an Island resort for a uh, holiday, I've got to be the one sitting with my laptop getting work done. If I'm not, if I'm just sitting there and, and taking the sun, that's, that's more stressful for me than, than, than working is. You're miserable. And I can just tell by the way you talk and I can definitely gauge this off a lot of my different guests. You just have this energy bubbling below the surface that you need to be able to release. So I'll try my best not to talk too much because I know you have a lot of valuable things to say today. And we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire off with a success quote. I know you have a great one for us so we can get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away, Jay. It's almost kind of embarrassing to share you know, the quote. And I think over the years, I've, I've kind of like had different quotes going out of my, my head as, uh, as I come across them. But um, you know, it's, it's not profound in any way. The, uh, the embarrassing part is that the quote is, uh, is actually from a, a fictional character, Rocky Balboa, in his last movie when he was 60 years old and wanted to fight again. Um, <laughs> it, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't even find anyone to go to the movie with because this, the premise sounded so ridiculous. But there was a, uh, it was actually a pretty good movie, though. Uh, and in the middle of it, he's talking with his son, and they're having an argument about whether or not he should get back in the ring. And he um, he ends up uh, saying to him, and I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but the, I'll, I'll paraphrase, where he's just talking about life, and he's saying, you know, life will, will beat you down, um, and it's not how hard you can hit, it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. And 
you know, whenever, you know, I think, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, uh, you have to accept that there's going to be, you know, some really high times when things are going great and you can kind of just sit back and, and let things, you know, let the momentum take you. And there's times when, you know, it's not all that easy. And suddenly, you know, that, that's kind of what separates the men from the boys. And that quote always sticks with me that uh, when things get tough, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, not how, how well you do when things are going well, but it's, it's how much you can rebound um, and, and rally and do things the right way when, when things really start to get tough. Well, I grew up with Rocky Balboa. Whenever I needed my little personal dose of daily inspiration, I would go and watch Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4. I loved every one of them. And when you were saying that, I could just picture his head down and Mr. T just pounding on his forehead <laughs> over and over again. But Rocky just kept plodding forward. He kept coming back. He tired him out and he was victorious in the end. So I love that quote. For so many reasons, Jay, but I want you to bring it down to the ground level now. How have you applied this mentality to your life? I think when you're an entrepreneur, I think you, you take that entrepreneur spirit, spirit not just in, in terms of your work, but in terms of your entire life. You know, so any time that, um, you know, that life's kind of like throwing a, a curveball or two, uh, it's easy enough. There's, there's, there are some people who just will you know, crawl into the bathtub in a, in a fetal position and, and cry until – uh, life gets better, which ordinarily it doesn't fix itself. <laughs> well, Jay, I can't picture you crawling into a bathtub, so be specific with us. We want a real story about how you've gotten beat down and how you've come back from it. Well, you know, I'll I'll give you a um, actually a very personal Great. story that I, I you know I'll I'll share with you. I don't really share it uh, often, but um, my um, this Saturday my my daughter will be one year year old, um, and she's an awesome awesome kid. And a couple of days after she was born, uh, she had a. Um, a grade four bilateral brain bleed, bleed which left her with uh, extensive brain damage. And the doctors told us not to expect her to have any quality of life. Um, she wouldn't recognize anybody. She would never laugh or smile or walk or talk or, or anything. Uh, and that she'd basically just be a, um, you know, for, for lack of a better description, she'd be like a, um, like, a, like a bag of rice for the most part. Either that or she'd just be screaming nonstop. Right. And, you know, we decided that, um, you know, that scenario – wasn't an option and that, uh, we had to train her brain, you know, the, the good parts of her brain that were still healthy to take over for the parts that were no longer there. And we spent, while she was in the hospital, we spent, um, you know, 15 hours a day singing to her, reading to her, talking to her, holding her. And long story short, and we haven't stopped doing that. Um, now a year later, uh, she, she wakes up smiling. She goes to sleep smiling. She laughs all day in between. Uh, she recognizes who we are. She plays games with us. Um, she's starting to, you know, she's developmentally behind by a few months, but she's starting to do all the things you'd expect a, um, a baby to do. And all of her therapists um, have said that they've, they've all requested to be on her team instead of just being placed there because she has so much potential. And now almost every doctor she sees says there's no reason why she shouldn't be able to walk and talk and read and do things that a normal kid should do. Wow, Jay, that's such a powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I can relate incredibly well as far as what it's like to be close to somebody of that age because my sister just had a baby a couple of years ago and I was right down the street from her. And so I got to see the growth and just that entire process of becoming a just newborn into where now she's two years old and all the changes that, that take place and how fragile life is at that age. So I just... Man, I have to commend you for what you've done and, and how far your daughter has come, and that's just really powerful for you to share. No, oh, thanks. Well, she, she's you know all of it. A lot of it is is just her. She's got a great personality, and my, you know my wife's been uh, an amazing 
mom to her as well. So, uh, you know, it all kind of comes together. Powerful. So Jay, let's transition now to our next topic, which is failure, challenges, struggles that as entrepreneurs, we face so often throughout our entrepreneurial journeys. In fact, most of us fail every single day on certain levels, and we need to embrace that failure in order to move forward. So share with Fire Nation a time when you failed, when you really came up against a massive obstacle or challenge in your business, in your entrepreneurial journey that you had to overcome, and how'd you overcome that? Failing is definitely part of, of being an entrepreneur, and I, I think that you, know, you actually only really fail when you when you give up, you know, when you have, you have a dream and you just, you, you, at some point something knocks you down and you give up on, on achieving it in whatever direction you take to get there. That's, that's when you failed. Um, you know, my, my old agency, um, you know, we had done quite well for, for a long time. We had done brand development for everyone from, uh, from Hershey's to, uh, to JVC, um, NBA. We did a lot of work for a lot of large companies. And honestly, we, you know, the one thing we were very good at was being creative. The one thing I was not very good at at the time was um, was the business side of it, understanding, you know, how much of the revenue should be coming from any particular source, uh, how to spend the, the revenue wisely, uh, how to stash profits away, and you know, I was I was a bit younger and I let it, you know, I let I kind of got away with it a little bit. Uh, we were we had gone from being in you know in my bedroom to being one of the ten largest largest agencies in Jersey, and then one day uh, Washington Mutual, which is one of our clients, uh, they went under. And that was when I decided to figure, that's when I found out that Washington Mutual was accounting for 70% of all of our revenue. And so along when, when they failed, um, we fell also, we had, we went from 50 employees down to 19 inside of a day. Uh, we went from, you know, a lot of square footage down to a very small bit. Um, you know, and a lot of that, that space that we had, we had, um, we had spent money needlessly. We had a room for the pool table another room for the Miss Pac-Man game. And, you know, we spent money in, in silly ways. Um, you know, eventually we, we were able to kind of rally and, um, you know, bring the agency back, uh, you know, to a, a, a shadow of what it once was. But, you know, I, I looked at that and, you know, at first I was a little discouraged and a little, a uh, little down, you know, downtrodden about it. But, you know, what I took away from it was, okay, I have to start being a little more diligent about knowing who my, my clients are and, and how much of, uh, of our revenue is reliant on any one client. Make sure that that, that doesn't happen and no one is, no one client accounts for more than, 25% at the most uh, of our revenue and also making sure that, um, you know, ego and, um, and arrogance doesn't get away with it, get away from us. No matter how well we do, there's no reason to spend that kind of money on a room for a pool table, uh, and another room for a Miss Pac-Man machine. You know, we, so now I, I spend money more wisely and I'm, um, you know, I kind of keep that in mind, you know, what happened there in mind as I move forward and say, look, that, that can't happen again. We need to build insurances in place to make sure that, uh, we don't get caught, uh, in that kind of a uh, scenario again. Well, that really is one tough and valuable lesson to learn. I'm really glad you did share it with Fire Nation. And Jay, if you could just pull out one clear lesson from that experience, what would it be? I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, they get they get caught up in playing businessman uh, and they they don't actually spend time really being a businessman. I think that was my clear lesson. My clear lesson was Stop! Stop playing CEO and actually be a CEO. And a CEO is is responsible for you know the ups and downs of his company and making sure that things like that don't happen. And so now I'm a lot more on top of everything that goes on. Uh, I don't leave anything to chance, or uh, I don't micromanage by any means. But I make people accountable for what they're doing, and I make sure that I'm on top of it. Whereas before, I really wasn't. If I was more on top of it back then, that situation wouldn't have happened, and that agency would still have thrived. 
So Jay, let's transition now to the other end of the spectrum. You share with us a failure and a lesson learned. I really appreciate that. Let's talk about an aha moment now, a light bulb that went off at some point in your journey. And you said, wow, this is my authentic self. This is something that really resonates with me. And then share with us how you turned that aha moment, that light bulb into success. Sure. Actually, that would, be, that would actually be a fairly recent uh, thing would be yeah. the, the most recent moment. We, you know, we had, with my pod, we have been, we've been running um, a lot of traffic, um, you know, from a lot of different sources at, uh, at the site. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, eight, nine million uniques per month. Um, you know, a lot of it through pay-per-click advertising or some PR or incentivizing our, uh, our content providers to run traffic for us. And, you know, and that was all well and good, but the, uh, you know, the, the marketers and the brands that wanted to advertise on our sites, they weren't, uh, you know, they were, it was, it was very, um, it was very kind of disparate. I mean, they, uh, they were, it was a very little bit of, um, of money on the CPM side, um, because the, the, the traffic itself was so hard to pin down. It was so hard to understand who they were, what the demographics were. It was a very general site with very broad base of, of content. So it wasn't really that exciting to a lot of the advertisers that we were working with. Um, one of the hard, one of the parts that we had a hard time with, with, with we always had, we've always had a hard time with with MyPod is getting good organic traffic. And we had a hard time with that because it's very difficult for you know to get Google and Bing to recognize a uh, a video based site, especially one that's as broad based in terms of categories and content as, as ours was. So one of the ways we decided to help that was to spin off these satellite sites. So for example, food and drink was one of our our larger categories, more popular categories. So we spun off um, simpledish.com. And Simple Dish has some video. It's got a lot of recipes and a lot of articles. And our thought being that being a very targeted site that had a lot of articles, we would get a lot of organic traffic and we could filter that organic traffic back to my pod. We did the same thing with a site called Fashion Buzz, another one called FitSavvy.com. The idea being that these were going to be sites literally just used to help migrate organic users to our core site. And over the last few months, we've been looking at the analytics and we've been saying, yeah, the, the traffic and the behavior of the audience is so much better on these sites. People will come to these sites and they'll spend three, four, five minutes at a time. They'll go through you know, five, six pages uh, per visit. Uh, they'll come back far more frequently than they ever would have come back to MyPod Studios. And so you know, we had this little aha moment here where we said, you know, these sites don't have to be satellite sites feeding into our core sites. These sites could be our primary premium mm publishing sites where maybe my pod studios itself takes our <laughs> takes the um the content and distributes it out to some of these sites but we focus not on having one community of 15 million users but maybe we 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 focus on having a few small communities of a million to 2 million users that we can go to brands and say listen your brand reaches out to uh you know you're you're, you're looking to market the foodies we've got simpledish.com that has a million uniques of of people who are very interested in food and food-related topics, this is who you want to market to. And we've started seeing that we're getting a lot more interest from agencies and brands in these smaller targeted communities than we ever had in a, a larger, um, more, more broad-based community. I can see that so clearly now that you've had that aha moment too. I mean, looking back in hindsight, it makes so much sense because – when I'm interviewing entrepreneurs and we're always talking about their aha moment and something that they're seeing as trends in the marketplace, they always come back to niches and communities and tribes and belonging to something. And somebody that likes food is going to resonate so much more with a site that's obviously all just about food and the domain name and all of the subpages about it than a website that just has as a different portion of it 
food, but then it also has fitness over here and then it has that over there. I can just totally see why you would have somebody that would want to become part of that community, part of that tribe, bookmark it, and keep coming back. It just makes a lot of sense. And Jay, pull out one clear lesson from this aha moment to share with us. Wow, it's a great question. I, you know, I would say that the, the the clear lesson is not to take anything for granted. Uh, you know, we had taken those sites for granted. They were going to be throwaway sites, strictly used to bring in some organic traffic to another entity altogether. Um, you know, we kept our eyes. I think the lesson here is, you know, keep your eyes open to where the opportunities really are. Um, yes. If we had stuck with just that one train of thought, we would never have really seen that these sites themselves could be the entities that kind of push <laughs> us forward. Um, you know, so I'd say just. Keep your eyes open to all the opportunities that are out there uh, and, and keep your mind open to, you know, to, to accepting them. So, Jay, this is kind of a curveball here. Have you had an I've made it moment? Well, I have. Um, and I, right. I'd say that, I'd say that, the, that that moment came um, about a year before my last agency imploded. Uh, I think it's dangerous to have uh, an I've made it moment because <laughs> at that point you become complacent. Talk to us about that I've made it moment. Why do you feel like you did have that moment and what happened thereafter? Myself and my partner, my two partners at, um, at my agency were on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. Um, my second book had gotten published within a month of that, and we were put on the list of top 40 under 40 in, um, in, in New Jersey entrepreneur publications. And I think all that combined kind of led me to that, okay, hey, you know what? I've, I've, kind, of, I've kind of made it. I've, I've kind of hit my goals. And at that point, I started to pay less attention to the company. Uh, I started to go out more to, you know, to, to take my eye off the ball, so to speak, and let other people run things for me without really checking up on, on what they were doing. Um, and, and start to assume that, well, Hey, you know what? It's gone this well so far. It's always going to go this well. So, you know, I would say that, yes, I've had that moment and that was, it was right about that time. But, uh, what, what had happened was it kept me from, um, from really paying attention and it, it made me lose focus. So Jay, we talk about the journey a lot here at Entrepreneur on Fire so tell us about how you're enjoying your journey with MyPod Studios and how you're viewing the journey as a whole. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm loving it. I think the, uh, of all the years I've ever been in opening, owning businesses, the, the team that I have now is, as far as I'm concerned, the most talented and, and just the, the best team that, that I've ever had to work with. Um, you know, I think in, in the past I've always had a few people that I, I've never been quite happy with. I've always, there've always been some, uh, some problem areas. I wouldn't. I would say in, in this company, I, I don't have that at all. So I'm, that that really makes. If you love who, who you work with, uh, that makes the uh, you know the journey of, of owning a company a lot better. And I really do enjoy everyone that I'm working with here. So it's in that aspect of it, I love it. Uh, this industry, you know, the online advertising industry, is definitely taking a lot of uh, turns lately. Yeah. Not just in my company, but in the industry as a whole. Uh, I think it's. I think as a whole, it's moving towards these small communities of more more focused. Uh, audiences, and I think that we were a little bit uh, ahead of. We think we saw that coming. Uh, we we're a little bit ahead of that, so we're in a good place for it. It's going to be you know, any transition is is tough. Um, any kind of you know change is not easy to deal with, but um, you know, and we're making a, a fairly radical change. We're going from a you know a huge community to a series of smaller ones. But making that transition is it's exciting. I mean, to think about what we could do with that uh, and the value that we could bring to users and to brands, uh, it's it's exciting. So I, I yeah, I'm, I'm I love every minute of it. Great stuff, Jay. And it's a perfect transition to your current business today, present time. Talk to us about a couple things right now that are just really exciting you. You know, I, I think that what's exciting to me is that, um, you know, there, there are these opportunities now. And, and I think even brand, you know, for one, it was, it's, it's one thing as a publisher 
to say, you know, hey, we want to uh, we want to run these smaller communities of uh, of targeted users who are interested in a very specific topic. But you know, as a publisher, you can say that all you want. But if the brands aren't on board, then you know you're, you're speaking to an empty room. And what's exciting for us is that the brands are starting to get on board. The, the, we're starting to have instead of us having to reach out to agencies, we're having agencies now starting to reach out to us and say, hey, listen, we want to advertise on you know simpledish.com or fitsavvy.com. Uh, you know, we will tell them, you know, we don't have the, the largest audience on these sites. And we're very used to brands in the past wanting to only advertise on sites that had millions and millions of uniques. Right. And their response to us is now starting to be, you know, what, we don't need the millions of uniques. We need a good um, targeted audience. And what's exciting for me is seeing that it's, it's something that's not just resonating with, with us, but it's something that's resonating with, with brands. I mean, I've, I've always been on the you know, since I was since I had my agency, I've always been more on the brand side. I know how the brands, you know, think. I know how they work, and you know, so so getting having having that mindset and, and knowing what you know what they're looking for, it's exciting to me to think that they're starting to have a more of a sophistication in in web in web advertising. They're not just looking for pure numbers; they're looking for for demographics as well. So that's what's making this all really exciting on our side. I'm definitely seeing the shift as well in my industry of podcasting. I'm now having more than ever before sponsors come to Entrepreneur on Fire asking me if they can potentially sponsor the show, if they're a good fit. And I do have a a large audience for podcasting specifically, over 200,000 unique downloads every single month. But it's not some mammoth number with some massive audience. But what they're realizing is that, like you said, the word targeted, I really believe that that's a powerful word now. And another word I'm really seeing a lot from these sponsors that are coming to me is engaged. And they're seeing the engagement level of people that are listening to podcasts, that are hearing from people that they know, like, and trust at a much higher level than they are from just blasting things out to millions and millions of people who are not engaged, that are not a quote-unquote captive audience. So I'm definitely seeing that from my industry as well, Jay. It's exciting to see that you are too. Talk to us briefly about your vision for the future of MyPod Studios. We want to be a, a substantial, long-standing publishing brand. You know, we want we want to be a place where someone doesn't necessarily have to to see a um, a pay per click ad or a TV commercial and and check us out from that. We want to be a place where someone is going to want some information and they're going to constantly think, "Hey, let me go check out simpledish.com. Let me go check out fitsavvy.com because they might have some some content and information in that that we need." You know, with all the the you know tens or hundreds of millions of of sites out there. There really, at least in in my experience, are very few that come to mind that I I go to regularly. There's like, there's Facebook. If I need to travel, I go to to Expedia. But there's there's very few that I would go to as as a resource. We want to be one of those resources, and I think that we can we can do that if we're smart about the content and we use the resources that we have. One of the one of our big resources is that you know we have a very very good partnership. In fact, our offices are located in a uh, a very well respected green screen studio uh, in Manhattan, and you know that proximity to that gives us easy access to video production so we can we can really kind of work both sides of the fence we can do a lot of we can present a lot of video um, content and we can also present a lot of um, written article content as well it's it's something that most publishers most publishers have to choose between one or the other we have the the opportunity to do both and i think that's it paves the way for a pretty exciting future for us that sounds like an exciting future let's get it started right now jay on your mark, get set. No, no, no. That's all wrong. We're supposed to be taking a time out to thank our sponsors today, LegalZoom. Now you know how big I am on the just start mentality, and LegalZoom is here to help you do just that. Get started. 
That's why they offer award-winning services at an affordable price. LegalZoom services have been developed by the best legal minds in the country, and every business they engage with gives personalized attention from start to finish. Here's a quick disclaimer. LegalZoom is not a law firm and provides self-help services at your specific direction, but there's so much more. Now, every LLC and incorporation package includes an easy-to-use business accounting software, a $269 value for free. Be sure to enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout. FIRE Nation, I urge you to protect what's yours and just start today. Visit LegalZoom.com and enter the code FIRE. Jay, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round, and this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Let's give it a shot. All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Women. (laughs) (laughs) Expound, please. You know, it's just, it's... um... You know, the, uh, the, the biggest thing, and, um, you know, fortunately my, you know, my wife today is, is very much on board with everything I'm doing. And she's, um, you know, she's, she's a supporter. You know, you go through relationships and people, as, as much as when you, when you start a relationship, as, um, as much as they might say at the outset, yeah, hey, I understand. I think it's great that you own your own company. As soon as you start getting into a relationship, typically what would happen is everyone wants to have more of your time. And, you know, an entrepreneur's schedule is not nine to five. It's, it's midnight to midnight. And, you know, that makes it, uh, it sometimes can make it very tough to, to get into uh, long-term relationships. And very often I would have, um, I'd, I'd be in a relationship where they were looking to try to pull me off of whatever it is I was, uh, I was doing. And you know, just, you just can't have that. You have to make decisions. And I always decided I always put my company before, um, our relationships, but it made it very difficult. Good expounding. So Jay, what's the best advice you've ever received? Professor that I used to, uh, to work closely with, um, who just said, look, you know, it's, it's not going to be a straight shot upwards. Um, just don't, don't give up no matter how many people tell you it's time to go on a towel. If you believe in your vision, just keep going. Boom. What is something that's working for you right now? You know what we're doing right now? I, I, I've never been a micromanager, uh, but at the same time, I have never, um, I, I've also never done very well at, um, at structuring. Uh, and I think now what we're starting to do is now I'm starting to, to structure things where the people who are working for me, who are, are in, insanely and immensely qualified to do their jobs, I'm, ha- I'm giving them the tasks that they should be doing and having them come back to me and saying, on this date, I want you to present to me your, you know, your, you know, your, your findings in this or you know, what your opinions are on this or how we should move forward in this particular area. And that's really been working with working for me very, very well. They, these guys all do a great job in making these presentations and coming back and, and sharing with me what the next steps forwards are. So I understand what's going on in my own, in my own company. I get to have a hand in that, that decision-making process, and it gives them the latitude they need to have a voice in what's going on. So, Jay, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're in love with that you can share with our listeners? LinkedIn is, is great. Uh, we, you know, we use LinkedIn. We get involved in a lot of discussions. Uh, we meet a lot of people that way. Uh, but there's content, uh, providers or, or advertisers. It's a, it's been a great resource for us. Uh, Facebook, you know, from a marketing standpoint, in terms of getting the word out there, Facebook has been, has been, there's always been a great resource, but, um, you know, their promoted posts has really helped to get the word out there in a, uh, in an economical and, you know, affordable way, uh, in ways that we really couldn't have done before. Uh, and, you know, besides that, you know, we, we do use uh, Basecamp quite a bit for project management and that's actually been, uh, been real helpful for us. Boom. Jay, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? 
my favorite author is a guy, um, I think he passed away a few years ago, named uh, Jose Saramago. And every book that he's written really makes you think quite a bit. It, it takes once one element that, uh, that we take for granted and it, it takes it away from you or it changes it and sees how life would continue on. So of his books, my favorite, um, my favorite is a book called uh, The Stone Raft in which the Iberian Peninsula just separates itself from Europe for no particular reason uh, and starts to float out to sea. And it makes you see what happens to, to life for the people who live there. Uh, you know, when, when something like that happens, and he, the way he writes is, it's, it's a very, very difficult read. They're all difficult reads that he writes, but they're uh, it, it, they get your mind working, and uh, and I'd recommend it to anybody. Wow, that sounds like an incredibly interesting book and a challenge. So, Fire Nation, if you want to get the audio version of this book for free, go to eofirebook.com. It's a gift from Audible for entrepreneur on fire listeners. eofirebook.com. So, Jay, this next question is my favorite. It's kind of tricky, so take your time digest it, and come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? You know, I get my own site started again, and I could do that on the cheap. So I, I, I wouldn't need to invest a lot of resources in there. I would take some of, the, some of that $500 and build a, uh, an audience just through some pay-per-click advertising just to get the ball rolling. Yep. I'd take at least 250 and honestly, I would um, I put on a, on a hand of blackjack at 49.5% chance, chance of winning. Um, it's a better shot I'd have to turn that into something than, um, than anything else I could do with it. <laughs> you sound like a Jersey boy straight from Atlantic City. <laughs> Well, probably, I'd probably head up to Mohegan Sun, but if uh, the traffic was, was too much on 84 or 95, I'd go down to AC. <laughs> oh, great stuff, Jay. Well, you've given us actionable advice and some great lessons learned throughout this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, share how we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, you know, the one parting piece of guidance I, I would say is, uh, you know, as, as generic as it sounds, is if you are an entrepreneur and you're looking to to build something, um, no matter how many people tell you that it's not going to work or how many people tell you that, you know, it's time to give up, it's never time to give up until you think it's time to, to give up. Uh, you know, and look at some of the people in history who have, you know, gone through it, who have tried something and and had to fail only to try again. I think I think Milton Hershey tried what six, seven different businesses that had all gone bankrupt before he finally, you know, found the one that that hit, and it hit huge. Um, you know, look to some of those those examples in history to uh, to motivate yourself if that's what you need. Uh, but but don't give up. This is this is not a job. This is a passion, and you got to treat it that way. Wonderful. And Thomas Edison failed ten thousand times before he created the light bulb. Wow! Did he really? Yeah, ten thousand. Wow! Wow! So, Jay, share how we can find you. Uh, you know, probably the best way to find me is, uh, you know, um, obviously I'm, I'm on LinkedIn under the name Jay, uh, Jay Maletsky. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at, at J-A-Y Maletsky. Um, and that's probably the best two best ways. Wonderful. Jay, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks very much. Now let's give it up for our five-star reviews. Scotty82, The Jeff Brown, C in Colors, Jubes788, SEO Sherpas, Existing to Living, Bocat01, Note 0 Gronzi, Meditrip Abroad, and Biff3Twitter. Thank you so much for supporting Entrepreneur on Fire, and I look forward to supporting everybody who does the same. 
To all you inspired entrepreneurs out there, are you ready to take your dreams and passions and ignite? If so, then Fire Nation Elite is for you. Fire Nation Elite is a mastermind that I have formed and will be leading. If you are in need of a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs whose sole focus is to support, motivate, encourage, and hold accountable every member within, then Fire Nation Elite is for you. Go to FireNationElite.com to find out more. That's FireNationElite.com. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.